Sometimes it's not about lowest bottom dollar today. Sometimes it's, this is going to save me money, right? If I buy product A, it's going to cost me this much today, but in five years, it's going to be costing me 20% more than if I brought in product B, put that in place, paid 10% more now, but that pays itself back. And I actually am net positive. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Andy McCade. Uh, he, uh, managing principal at the ARM companies, but uh, he's got some examples today. I just want to jump right to it that are going to kind of blow your mind a little bit if you're operating uh, multifamily real estate. Uh, he created this method called the TCO method, and he's going to dive into that. Uh, 25 years experience working with real estate developers, investors, operators. Um, he specializes in helping you to make the right purchases uh, right for your property. And most of us have been, you know, at one time or another, even if you're buying class A project uh, properties, you're still buying 200 of something at one time. And uh, the way he thinks through, right, this, this method uh, could help you save a ton of money for your property. He's going to dive into some of that today and even more in depth in the second uh, segment as well. Andy, welcome to the show. I know that you have uh, a method that you have designed that's helping lots of operators right now. And I'm wanting to dive into that because I know many of the listeners are they're going to learn. Uh, they're going to hear things that I know. <laughs> they probably feel like they're the only one that's struggling with this thing, right? Uh, but they're not. Uh, and and you're going to help, I think, raise awareness to that today and going to, and going to provide some insight. No doubt about it. It's your specialty. Before we do that, Give, it, give the listeners a little more about your background and let's jump in. Sure. Uh, I'm Andy McQuaid. I am a full-time consultant for real estate, mostly commercial multifamily. That's my wheelhouse. I do get involved in some smaller stuff, very involved with local RIA. But uh, I help them basically make more money, make more NOI, make more ROI for their investors by helping them fix issues that they have on their properties or overall that affect their portfolio. Uh, it originally started, I was 25, nah, about 23 years in the supply side on real estate. And I had this conversation with somebody. It turned into, why don't you do this full time? And now I'm, since 2019, been consulting for commercial multifamily operators and helping them dump a bunch of extra NOI into their properties. And a lot of it isn't crazy stuff. It's just everybody struggles with similar issues and I see patterns. So I take really good solutions from other operators and I borrow them and I make it part of my program. Wow. No, that's awesome. So similar issues. I bet most of them feel like it's only them, like I was talking about before, right? Absolutely. Or, you know, they don't want to mention it, right? They don't want to talk to other people about it because they feel like, uh, you know, I'm the only one struggling with this. Uh, but I bet more times than not, that's not the oh, case. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty widespread and it's and it's very common. There's a lot of pieces that cost a lot of money and there's not a lot of people out there sharing those ideas, right? So my background in sales got me into these C-level offices discussing what their problems were and how they were being impacted by all these costs and all these changes. And you know there was compliance stuff and regulations and law changes. And I had to 
basically have answers for them or find answers for them. More often than not, I was saying, I have no idea, but I'll figure it out. I'll find a way to help you with this. Or if it was something where they were coming to me and saying, hey, I really want to do this with you guys and we weren't well equipped to do it, I would just say, no, you should really be buying this or doing this with with vendor X, Y, or Z because they're going to do a much better job for you. And that helped me build relationships with them, right? Because I was telling them, no, like I get you want to spend more with me and I appreciate that but I can't take your money because we're going to screw this up and it's going to hurt the relationship. So I would get this, you know, sea level access to these huge operators, right? With 30,000 plus doors in 17 different States doing everything from family office operations where they're just investing for their future and building generational wealth and trying to mitigate risk and all this other stuff to, huge operators that were in a process of just scaling and expanding like mad and just trying to to get bigger and better at what they did and even the little guys right the the I have 100 doors here 50 doors there everybody ran into these same issues and a lot of it came down to some of it's technical right some of it's why are you using product A instead of product B because product A is going to cost you a lot more money in the long run how long are you going to own this property and if the answer was anything more than five years, it's like, okay, so around year three or four, this is what's going to start happening to this product if you buy this. And you're going to continue paying for this until you're ready to do another rehab on your property. It's probably not the move you want to make. And some of it came from, quite frankly, catastrophic failures, right? Like they buy this product and they put it in their property. And three to six months later, Everything is going sideways and they're looking to replace 350 light fixtures that they had just installed less than a year prior because they all went sideways. And there's common threads throughout real estate where that's, that stuff happens, right? I had a client who had a ton of college dorms that they were doing, right? They were doing all student housing. They had all those mini fridges and they didn't want to spend the money to get a good name brand mini fridge. They wanted to buy this other one. And before the sale was closed, I said, I really don't want to sell these to you. I will, but I really don't want to because I think you're going to have issues. I think you should buy this other one, even though it's literally twice the price. He ended up replacing every one of those refrigerators before two years was up. It was a little bit of a, I told you so, but also by the same token, it was a, please don't do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hope and, you bought the better ones the next time. Then it cost him three times. <laughs> correct. Right. Because you just yeah. end up going back and doing it again. It's not like, I mean, it's it's one thing if you're going to fix up a property, do a value add and unload it, right? Yeah. The entire business plan changes, how you operate changes, but your overall decision-making needs to focus on what your end goal is and what that's going to cost you through the entire period of time, you're going to hold that property. And that's sort of like coming from the sales side. I had to deal with all the headaches and issues for everything I sold because they would never open that manual and say, I'm going to call this 800 number to fix this problem. It was always well, get Andy on the phone because it's his product. He needs to take care of it for us because we spend X number of millions of dollars with him. I learned very quickly what stuff caused a lot of issues in the field for the operators. And I started finding ways to avoid them so that it didn't take up more of my time. It's very selfish, but I also wanted that relationship there where it was paying back on both sides of the table. 
And there's a very adversarial relationship with a lot of multifamily operators, a lot of construction companies, a lot of GCs and subs, where they don't really care who they're buying stuff from as long as they're getting it for the lowest price possible. And there's a point where you value engineer all the value out of not just products, but out of relationships. And I never wanted to be in that position where I was being value engineered out. And so people always think, well, it's it's cheaper. It's got to be better. Yeah, it's better today because your cost of acquisition is lower, but your long-term cost is going to be higher because of X, Y, and Z. And sometimes yeah. it's financing, sometimes it's term, sometimes it's you know delivery service, sometimes it's just operational efficiency. How much does it cost to maintain this? What's the utility going to be on it? And so as I'm working through this stuff, I didn't even realize it at the time, but as I'm working through this stuff with these operators and I'm selling products to them and I'm selling some services, but not many, it started to click that I can help them make more money over time and save money and be more efficient if I give them this tool in their in their bucket because I saw it with this one over here. So nothing I do is rocket science. Nothing I do is is new or, you know, in any way unique. The unique part of it is putting it all together into a platform that helps them take it and and look at it through a completely different lens, right? So Yeah. You know, you, you initially said, you know, about there's similar issues across the board. I mean, going back a little bit in the conversation and, you know, and, uh, and then you mentioned some of these, uh, which I think we can apply to so many aspects of life as well. You know, I mean, just like focusing on the end goal, right? What is the end goal? And thinking through even that purchase of those refrigerators based on the end goal, right? right. You know, it's not just this one-off decision that's way over here to the side outside of the the end goal, even that decision, even that you mentioned these light fixtures, you know, it's like, what's the end goal? You know, what is that? You know, read a book recently uh, in, uh, you know, focusing on your most important numbers and what are those drivers? And, and it's it's a similar thing. It's like, what? What's the most important goal? What's the top number? What's the thing you're you're trying to accomplish? And then, you know, almost having that as a filter for every decision, right? That you're that you're making down to the light fixture, <laughs> like you're talking right. about, right? I wanted to clarify some, you know, you mentioned, you know, working with groups that are 30,000 units or, or whatnot, you know, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, about uh, even smaller operators. Um, but I mean, I, I assume this, but I'll let you clarify, but it applies to every operator, right? It doesn't matter if they have a 100, you know, one community versus 30,000 units. Correct. Yeah. Need to be so thinking this way. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it, it is a mindset shift for a lot of people because this industry has been around essentially since the dawn of time, right? But we've really been doing things the same in construction and property management for 60 years, right? There's the, the, the project management triangle where you're going to get it cheap, you're going to get it fast, you're going to get quality. And you're, you're trying to get that best balance between the three. And we're really slow to adopt technology. We're really slow to change how we do things because we've always done it this way and it's always worked. We're in a different world now than we were five years ago, let alone 20 years ago or 60 years ago. And sometimes taking ideas that other people have put into practice and use and have been successful with is really good. And it's tough in our industry because a lot of us like a lot of operators, a lot of people in real estate and construction, they like to hold their cards close to the vest, right? They don't want to necessarily open up and share all their secrets of how they're, they're 
making their money? What's their secret sauce? But that's between each other because they're sort of in competition. It's it, it's usually pretty pretty friendly competition, right? There's there's some camaraderie there. But I don't know anybody who opens their books and opens all their processes and all their problems to their competition and says, here, look at what I'm doing. And this is all my stuff. Are you going to show me this? Like, I'm sure it happens once in a while, but I've never seen it. But what I was doing, I had access to 30 or 40 offices at the C-level, watching them operate and listening to their problems and then looking at, okay, well, your best operator, your best guy, your best maintenance super, your, your best regional, they're doing this stuff. Are you going to print that and copy it across your whole portfolio or what? Well, no, that's a, you know, they broke the mold when they made XYZ person. So, you know, we can't just do that everywhere. And it's, it's too top heavy and it's too labor. Everybody's in a silo. Everybody's in a silo. Yeah. And so I'm going from office to office and I'm like, well, if you do this instead and you roll this out across your entire portfolio, here's your benefits and how this is going to help you make more money. So a good example of one of those things that this is going back to like 2012, 2013, I'm selling stuff for the big orange box, right? And people, everybody buys something from the big orange box, even if they hate them. Like it's just reality. They're not good at a lot of things, but they do have certain things that they can fill a gap for. And one of those things, 2011, 2012, 2013 was LVT and LVP, right? Luxury vinyl plank, luxury vinyl tile versus rolled sheet vinyl. We started, I started pushing people into this LVP product. It was very primitive, like a six mil wear surface, like not good stuff. I wouldn't use it today. I wouldn't recommend it today. But I was selling at one point like a million dollars to one client, like 1.3 million to another client. I was ordering stuff 16 weeks out from China to make sure it was getting here so that we could put it into their units. And the whole pitch was you drag an appliance across that, you drag a table across that, it's not going to rip a hole in the floor. Oh, and you can install it in one day with a heck of a lot less waste than using the sheet vinyl stuff where you've got to do floor prep and removal and glue down and maybe sanding and your unit's down for two days. You can put this stuff up in a few hours. And all of a sudden they were like, wait, so I'm taking all this extra work that I'm doing right now and I'm getting rid of it. It's going to last longer because it's less apt to be damaged. Oh, and it's going to cost me less because I'm not throwing half of it away. Like it was little stuff like that. It's like, I'm already doing it for this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Why aren't you doing it? And that's how I was able to start solving these problems for people because it wasn't an idea I came up with. It was an idea somebody else had already used and I just printed it and I just used it to, to replicate and print money for you know the Home Depot at that point. But now I use it to print money for the operators because that's who I work for. I don't sell products anymore, but this whole program, this whole system looks at everything through your total cost of ownership, right? So I call it the TCO method. It's so far worked everywhere I've used it. Um, you know, there's there's always that outlier chance that it's just never going to go anywhere, but it's not rocket science, but it it looks at it takes two things. It takes TCO, which is total cost of ownership, which includes everything. So when you buy a product, when you have to maintain it, when you service it, what does it cost you in utilities? What does it cost you to repair it if it breaks down? What does it cost you to get rid of it? at the end of its useful life, right? If it's in there for seven years, do you have to recycle that? Is that like 
the new integrated LED light fixtures that everybody is using. They're huge. They're heavy. They're awkward. Oh, and they're full of electronics that you have to recycle. So what does it cost you to get rid of that thing once it's reached the end of its useful Mm. life, right? So five years down the road, what does that cost you to get rid of? So that's all included in the, the, the TCO side. But then I take a bunch of stuff from... I have a zero waste certification, right? I'm a zero waste advisor um, through the the U.S. Green Building Council. And it's how does this impact on the procurement side, right? So your procurement, if you have it, right? So some people just have purchasing. Some people just have throw a Band-Aid on it. I don't care. But if you have a strategy around your procurement function, if you have a procurement function, that can control everything in your business all the way down to when you close your doors in 40 years when you retire and sell it off. Because procurement, by definition, is everything you buy, every input into your business. So it should be looking at your insurance. It should be looking at your, uh, not so much on your lending or your HR stuff, but it it should be looking at all your products, the properties you buy, your, your vehicle fleet, if you have one, all of your hardware, your IT, your computer stuff. When you combine the total cost of ownership with this modern procurement theory of delivering highest overall value to the company, right? Sometimes it's not about lowest bottom dollar today. Sometimes it's, this is going to save me money, right? If I buy product A, it's going to cost me this much today, but in five years, it's going to be costing me 20% more than if I brought in product B, put that in place, paid 10% more now, but that pays itself back. And I actually am net positive. I have a return on that investment after a certain amount of years. So we see all these guys in the, the multifamily, guys and gals in the multifamily industry out selling, I'm going to replace all your toilets with these magical toilets that use way less water and they don't have flappers so they don't leak, right? They're one of my favorite things. I used to sell them too, but it's true. Like you spend yeah. the extra 50 bucks a closet and your savings, they pay for themselves within three years at the outside. And then you've got the maintenance stuff and the lack of parts and whatever for 10 to 15 years after that. Like, I, I was thinking about, about just, just the lack of the maintenance man having to come in and replace flappers. Correct. That's, <laughs> that's, that's costing the operator at least 50 bucks probably every time they have to come in and do that, right? The time spent on that, no doubt oh, it's, about it's, it. It's uh, unfortunate, but it's a lot more than that because yeah. when you, so part of the TCO method is we actually do a process costing analysis of how much does all of this stuff cost you because love that Andy let's let's hold that thought I want to dive sure. in in the next segment uh, more into the TCO method and how that helps the operator I know the listeners are going to want to know that uh, as well as they're operating you know many properties uh, often and a lot of our listeners are operators and uh, and so I wanted to I want to jump into that. I want to hear more about uh, analyzing that process too, or the cost of the pro- those things. That that's going to be great. And I think just thinking about that because often we don't think about the cost of that maintenance man coming in and replacing that. Right? What does that? There is a cost to that, right? Um, no doubt about it. And I want to dive into that more, Andy. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my social media time. Uh, I do have Instagram and Twitter and all that other stuff, but I am nowhere near as active on there as I should be probably. Um, And you can also just hit my website. It's andymcquade.com. It's got a bunch of stuff on there about me and my history and where I've worked and where I've come from and about the TCO method. And it's a work in progress like everything else out there, but there's there's some good data on there for, for people to 
steal and, and use for themselves. So. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.